Nate. Nate, where you at, man? Uh huh. What do you? Why do you sound muffled? Uh, over here. Yeah. What's up, dude? Just you know, cleaning a little bit, cleaning some of the 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 you know the places where I defecated when I thought it was a toilet. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. Um, the good news is we got that Tabana gas leak fixed. Bad news is now instead of smelling that gas, uh, smell you. Hey, it's it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, this place was mostly cleaned up pretty well anyway. I'm just kind of, you know, a little bit of touches. I know I smell like chemicals quite a bit, but but it's okay. I'm glad to do it. Um. All right. You're acting kind of funny since you got back from vacation. Is everything going all right? Sure, sure. I just, I, I like these little secluded parts of the city. I, okay, so confession time. Um, so it worked. What are we talking about again? I turned him in. I turned the Wookiee in who ripped off my arms and the Imperials, boom, right on his head with the counterfeit credits. Worked like a charm. Okay. Shouldn't he be in jail and you're you're good? He killed all six of the stormtroopers. Pretty, pretty bloody mess is what happened. And so he's uh, on the loose. And apparently upon trying to arrest him, they played him a recording of the tip which was in my voice so i'm just i'm just gonna kind of hang out in these little areas here for a few days just to make sure he doesn't come by you know no hard feelings or anything um but if a wookie does come to the door i'm i'm not here i'm still on vacation okay but for the record i totally told you to send a letter enjoy your stay i suggest a new strategy you just really belong here with us, fucking club. Don't get excited. Welcome, scoundrels, to Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars gaming and collecting. First, I want to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast, Among the Clouds, and let you know that I am your administrator of this facility and your host, Michael Morris. And of course, with me, uh, just like every week except for the last two. Nathan P. Butler. Hey, was that a jab at me taking vacation time? <laughs> no, I just uh, had to kind of fill it in there. And I was like, well, if, if they listened last week, they're like, Nathan sounds different from the last two weeks. So yeah, just, just yeah, little... I know. I know. It's that. It's the, uh, uh, it's the I've been gargling again. Yeah. It's been <laughs> Get trying that your... throat out. Get that gunk out of there. <laughs> been trying your uh, hand at voice acting, so. Hey, now, now that I've done quite a bit, I actually got a chance to do some voice acting recently for Jim Perry's codename Starkeeper 2, uh, which should should turn out pretty well. Apparently, he was pretty pleased with my performance, which was nice because I hadn't voice acted in, gosh, quite a while, probably a couple of years almost. Very cool. Outside of this show, of course, where it's all scripted so well to begin with. <laughs> right. We certainly don't just sit down and BS something each time. Right. We don't we don't do anything halfway. We we barely even yes, hey, we don't even do it half we do it like a quarter of the way <laughs> exactly um, but talking about you know quality podcast and stuff so the uh, I know I'm throwing a curveball at you but I totally forgot to put this in the notes they finished up the Star Wars podcast awards and a mm-hmm. uh, little old show got it for the uh, podcast on hiatus 
Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. And and we really haven't made a big deal out of it because it's not a show that still exists. But uh, yeah, Republic Forces Radio Network that ran through Venganza Media covering all things Clone Wars uh, got the award for a uh, best show currently on hiatus or ended. And of course, most of the team from that show either in a regular or a guest capacity, made the jump when we launched the Star Wars Reports Rebels Roundtable, which, hey, maybe they can get it or we can get it for that show next year on hiatus or ended (laughs) because we just wrapped up uh, Rebels Roundtable a little while ago. So, you know, it's gratifying to know that a show, though, that ended, I mean, a couple of years ago, uh, still has a strong enough fan base for people to say, hey, I remember that one fondly. I'm going to vote for it, which was which was nice. Uh, and I think that those who really contributed over the years to it beyond just the last few years, like I did, uh, uh, people like Arnie Carvalho and such, I mean, they should be very proud of uh, of the work that was done. Yeah, right on, man. Maybe y'all can just come back to do one episode being like, we want an award. Dude, we, we can't even get everybody together easily <laughs> to make a call on the season finale. <laughs> There's right. no way we'll get together and say, hi, thanks. It's just, it's too complicated, man. It's too complicated. So now what show are you going to start up so that it'll be on hiatus for the third, for the third podcast year? award? <laughs> yeah, you've got to get that show started so that it can I then go. I don't on. know. We'll just ha- we'll have to do something in stop or something like that. Uh, I mean, surely I've I've had enough podcasts over the years, Chrono Radio on up, that there's plenty that are dead now that I'm not a part of. But uh, but uh, for, for those who are curious, you think, you know, well, is there a legacy coming from Rebels Roundtable? I'll be covering some of the Rebel stuff probably in chunks on my vlog. It's actually part of why it exists on YouTube, uh, the voice of reason or lack thereof. And Mark and Barrett are planning on starting up a new podcast where they'll deal with it as well, but they haven't really announced specifics about it yet. And then, of course, um, Star Wars Beyond the Films. I mean, that's kind of the purview also of Star Wars Beyond the Films because it's – home video and it's television, not the films themselves, as if that stopped us before. And we'll <laughs> be covering it there probably like a season at a time or half a season at a time or something. So the, the coverage will still be there. It'll just be in a different place. Now, is that the uh, the Disney XD season or is that the iTunes season that you would be considered? <laughs> Oh, see, we would probably focus on it being the Disney XD season or uh, half season because I don't think that it would be productive to have an episode with that much cussing in it. And right. I'm not sure how we could cover the iTunes breakdown of the seasons or volumes without a lot of that. Oh, yeah, I went ahead and jabbed that wound. <laughs> no kidding. Okay, you're, you're all about the poking, poking. What was it? What was the thing you pulled last week and mentioned on the show? What was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so last week I had Steve on, got to throw you under the bus where we were talking about something or whatever. I was like, well, we're normally really positive on here. Well, I'm normally positive on here. Nathan's not. <laughs> <laughs> See? Hey, look, I am positive. I'm positive whether I like something, and I'm positive when I don't. <laughs> you, you know for a fact. I know exactly <laughs> for sure. Um but no, I mean, I think that this has been a uh, uh, I, I've been as positive as I can be trying to be balanced, at least. Uh, I haven't right. entirely thrown Battlefront under the bus, although just recently I started replaying some of Destiny. Um, Destiny hadn't had a new content of value in a while, and they finally did an update this month that added more to it. I guess last month as of the time this is being released. And, you know, as as I play more Destiny 
with its loot system and its gunplay, I'm reminded of just how completely broken the loot system is for Uprising and how completely subpar the gunplay and progression and everything really but the graphics and the sound are for Battlefront. Um, it's making it very difficult for me to jump back to either of those. And I'm like two or three missions away from the end of Act 2 on Uprising, but it's nothing but grinding to get there. And with Battlefront, I mean, I played some and did a little bit of live streaming once Outer Rim came out, but it's like the desire just isn't there to really jump back into it. The slow progression. Give us a double XP weekend or something, and then I might dive more heavily back into it but or, or just give us the next dlc but right now i'm like ooh, it's so nice to be playing a first person shooter that actually feels good and competent again <laughs> which is not necessarily what we want to know and again that's not me being negative that's me being positive that destiny is a more competent shooter than battlefront <laughs> see that's positive that's oh, yeah. certain no, I'm I'm with you, and uh, and we'll get more uh, into that stuff here at the Hollow Vid. But uh, yeah, so you, you want to know what's going on with me and Uprising here lately? Have you thrown it out the window because you're frustrated about the slow progression? Uh, not not totally. Um, I just quit. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like like flat out cold turkey quit? Yeah, I just I was like, you know what? I'm just getting tired. This is just getting so repetitive. So no more uprising for me for the foreseeable future. That could change. But um, actually, what almost made me quit was just that I found a YouTube channel where there's a guy that's recording all the different missions and putting them up. He actually didn't do that for the early missions and he's going back and putting the early missions up. But all the stuff that I'm on right now, he's recorded so I can just follow it that way. I don't have to be the one playing it to take the notes to put it on the timeline. I can view it kind of like I did with the old Republic. But I mean, really, when I'm this close, part of me wants to get up to that last mission of Act 2 to say at least I finished that far. But it is so much grinding just to get there that I don't know if I'm going to make it. But I'm trying slowly but surely. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And by that, what I'm, level did you reach, by the way? Like, at what point in the story and at what point of character progression did you finally say screw it? Because I know a lot of people have. So I am. So here's the thing: is because I, I think I'm kind of I think I'm kind of higher up on my level than I am on the actual story progression. Um, so I I think I'm like in the 40s or something like that on level. I could be totally wrong on that, uh, but I'm only on Bespin. I don't know. It should be right around. I mean, if I remember right, the mm -hmm. original story got you up to about level 40 and then we had to unlock Bespin at that point. So you should be right around probably nearing the end of act one, I suppose, give uh, or take. Uh, no, I think I finished act one. Have you gotten to the message? Uh, the recorded uh, message that sets up everything for act two because everybody in act two wants to kill you because you've seen it mm, i don't remember I, I can tell you the main thing is i know i did uh went hunting some or i was a bounty hunter and then seems like uh, i was doing something with the empire it's like it's been like a month since it's I've been, last yeah, it's, it. been, it's been a while <laughs> well, i'll tell you i'm i've got to the point where like i said there's a few left but there's a huge again this is a game that is based on levels and your player rating, your level is based on your XP. I'm at 100. I'm maxed out. Your player rating is based on your gear that you have to grind the living crap out of to be able to get a higher rating. And 
I'm at the point where I think I have maybe one mission left to either become a dark side force user or a light side force user, but there's thousands of player rating amount between me and there. It's like you get to a point where there's such a huge jump in the requirement for the next mission that you can't do a thing and probably won't do a thing for months. I think that's I'm I'm sure I've made that complaint on the show before. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's nice to know, at least, though, that thanks to YouTubers, we may not have to suffer through the grinding anymore. Yeah. Well, I think that I think the main thing at this point is, um, I mean, I'm still trying to get up on Battlefront. I just I've not really had the time. And, um, you know, I've had other stuff going on and it's just so slow go unless it's double XP weekend. So I think I'm still going to try and take advantage of of double XP weekends when they show up. Uh, Hopefully we're going to have one here with May 4th coming up, but uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if they're going to do that uh, the, either, you know, this coming weekend or since we record a little bit ahead, if it happened this previous weekend, I don't know, but you know, mm-hmm. that I'll take advantage of. But for the most part, it's not as fun because I'm having trouble finding people to play with. So uh, I'll play with you, man. We just got to actually plan ahead to make sure we're both right. online at the same time. <laughs> Heck, we could live stream that. How awesome would that be? How great would that be for people to actually be able to see us getting our butts kicked while we talk about the game? Um, I would point out, you mentioned uh, the double XP possibly coming up with the May 4th weekend and all. There is something that I just got an email of on Uprising that they're doing for May 4th, though probably most people won't take advantage of it. It is basically for certain packages of buying chromium, they're going to give you 25% more chromium for your money. Although, granted, it's already ridiculously overpriced. So it's kind of one of those, hey, we're going to give you more so it feels a little bit more realistic. But for most people, I would highly suggest that was it two ninety nine or one ninety nine, whatever it is. I think it's two ninety nine package. Where just every day when you log in, you get forty chromium. That way, you get a ton, and it's for thirty days. You get a ton of chromium by the end of the month. You just have to keep logging in, as opposed to spending twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, whatever it is, to get big packages of chromium all at once. Which is probably the only ones that are unfortunately going to get that twenty five percent bonus. I doubt the daily will. Right. But it's there. They are giving a deal for May 4th, such as it is. If, right. They're, I, don't, I don't know if I would call it a deal, but it's a thing that they're doing. Look, <laughs> you got to pay me $100 for no reason or I'm going to break your legs. <laughs> but this week, you can just give me 90 and I won't break your legs. How does that sound? Right. Right. That's Star Wars Uprising. Um so I tell you what, let's uh, let's take a quick little break here and uh, go into our shout out section because we got an email. And it is from Jonathan. I uh, hope I don't destroy his last name. Landau. Oh, Jonathan. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, so he. I know that's not me just being being facetious, being like, <laughs> yeah, who is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. I. I have it conversed with him about star Wars stuff previously on places like Facebooks. So yeah, cool. Well, don't, don't get too excited. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a you suck email. <laughs> Nathan, what the F No. So he says, uh, Hey guys, Nathan, I am a big fan of yours and follow you to your many different podcasts. Michael, I never heard of you before. Oh, sorry. Uh, it says, but since I have been listening, uh, you do a great job. Well, thank you. Uh, it's good so far. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, hold on. 
I was listening to your show and a few other podcasts talk about Felicity Jones, Jen Erso character and their complaints about her first the people who are complaining that the new lead is another female are ignorant and we should all ignore them okay done and done uh the second complaint that you mentioned is that people are complaining that jen or so has brown hair is wrong see there nathan he said you're wrong okay wouldn't be the first time (laughs) says the complaint is not just about her hair uh but her whole look in every star wars movie not counting the ewok movies because, you know, no one does. The female lead is 5'6", 100-pound white brunette. Padme, uh, Leia, uh, looking alike, makes sense, being mother and daughter. If Rey is from the same family line, then her having similar look also makes sense. I would think Jen is from a different family line and think this is where the complaint comes from. Why the same look? Why can't the lead look like Gwendolyn Christie, Lupita Nyong'o, or uh, Jamie Chung? Star Wars is supposed to be this diverse universe, but every female lead is the same. I can understand not having an alien lead because the either the CGI won't look good or the costume not realistic enough, but just a slight, slightly different look will be helpful. People really like Poe and Finn and the and they are completely different from Han and Luke. I am not complaining because the Rogue One trailer looks awesome, but I understand why some people would be upset. Still love the show and will keep listening. So you didn't you didn't completely scare him away, Nathan. Thanks. Not for that. completely. That's good. <laughs> well, I I did hit that a little bit the the controversy uh, in the reaction video that I did, which actually coolest thing of my month, possibly coolest Star Wars thing of my year, was a little piece of my reaction video uh, vlog uh, four point five, I think it was, that wound up actually used in that little ILM reaction where they were doing a reaction to the fan reactions and. The little bit that they used was me talking about the Star Destroyer, and they just erupted into applause at the fact that I couldn't tell whether it was CG or uh, or whatnot. But in that same reaction video, I did get into this a little bit. And, yeah, I think it's I'm probably making it a little more simplistic than it needs to be. Um, But so far to me, it feels like this is a step in the right direction because we've had two Star Wars films now with a very strong female lead who is at least being presented as far as Jin goes. And as we saw uh, with Ray, characters that are strong characters in their own right, who are female, um, certainly a far cry better than what they did say with Phasma, who is this, Hey, look guys, it's a female stormtrooper. Granted, she's going to not really do much of anything. We're just going to hype the crap out of her. Um, I'm not sure what he means by, you know, maybe he should be like, you know, maybe the lead should be like Gwendolyn Christie. Does it mean silver made out of, made out of the outside of Palpatine's old ship or something? I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> just in case anybody didn't know that, but, uh, I don't know. To me, it's sort of a, we're seeing them move towards diversity in a lot of ways with star Wars. Um, Not necessarily as much on film, but for instance, one of the biggest new characters introduced amidst a bunch of sitcom-y misunderstanding BS in the Marvel series is Sana Solo, a black woman. You've got Ray Sloan, who's appeared in numerous works of the new canon, a black woman, Um, and, and Nakari Kellen in Heir to the Jedi, an early love interest of Luke after A New Hope. 
a black woman. Um, and then you've got a lot of characters being mentioned as either gay or uh, just sort of ambiguous one way or the other, either bisexual or gay. So they're moving towards a lot more inclusiveness and diversity. It's tending to not be as much on film, though, unless the Finn Poe thing, you know, the nice jacket really is more than we're meant to think it is. But I do agree there is an, an issue with the fact that you've got female leads who are of a type, same race, same hair color, uh, not necessarily same nationality where they're coming from, uh, but that have a similar look and feel to them that almost feel like they could be family. But to me, it's less about the look. And maybe this is where I'm getting it, because when people start complaining about sexism and racism, it's almost always about appearances, not about substance. To me, I'm just glad that so far what we've seen of Jin suggests she will stand on her own as a strong character. And what we saw of Ray makes her a strong character. I would argue that Ray and Ahsoka are the two strong female characters of Star Wars at this point. And now you could probably include Hera, for instance, in that mess and maybe Sabine. Um, but I don't consider Leia and Padme's portrayal to be strong female characters in modern context anymore. I think Leia was a strong female character for her era, 70s and 80s. But she gets thrown into the slave outfit. She's a damsel in distress that does at times have to be rescued and so forth. Um, Padme was incredibly strong, had all this political power, had all this wisdom right up until the end of episode two. Not counting the fact that she decided she was going to fall for the guy that had been sort of a creeper for the last <laughs> decade. Um, but you've got the fact that you get to episode three and because of the way they edited that film, she has nothing to do. She is a plot point. She's the MacGuffin. She is barefoot and pregnant doing Jack the entire I just, film. I just brought this exact th I mean, I even used the words barefoot and barefoot pregnant, and pregnant. Last, exactly. last episode. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's sort of one of those, if she's going to, it, they sort of tore apart and threw out Padme's character. So seeing these strong characters, I mean, and they even sort of play it up. I love the fact that in, in episode seven, when Han and Finn and Chewie wind up to save her, She's like, what are you doing here? And they're like, are you okay? She's like, yeah. As in like, duh. You know, her reaction is priceless because she's she's confused. Like, why do you feel like you needed to rescue me? She's grateful for it when she finds out that it was Finn's idea because it shows the friendship and the camaraderie that she hasn't had with other people before. But the fact that she's just completely independent in that sense, that's a giant step way beyond Padme and Leia. So as much as I'd love to see more diversity happening with these human characters, especially the female human leads in Star Wars films, it took us a long time to get where we are. So I, I'm wondering if this is almost like we're expecting things to move too fast. Like, give us another few films or another few stories, and if it's still the same type being cast, then let's start bitching. But right now... It was such a huge leap forward with Ray and maybe a continuation of that with Jin that I'm not so much worried about what they look like yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my thing, though, that because I, I do want to bring up, I, I 
I agree with you a hundred percent on the. Looks, uh, uh, I, I was even using the same uh, terminology there on, on the last. Of it. I totally agree with you on Padme. I kind of disagree with you a bit on Leia, though, uh, just because uh, looking at Leia's, it's like, oh, she's got to be rescued, and she's like, nah, into the garbage chute, fly boy. You know, she was able to. I mean, granted, they they opened the cell, but from there, she took charge. Um, which is to me kind of similar to to how um, Ray was was rescued. You know, they they got her there essentially. She she was able to essentially get half of it done on her own, but she did need a little bit of help to you know get off planet. She needed the the spaceship, I suppose, or whatever. So um, you know, and then the thing, same thing with uh, her being thrown in the slave out- outfit. It's like yeah, she was thrown in the slave outfit, but that was prior to her. S- essentially uh actually getting han out of carbonite uh i mean they did still then throw him in the dungeon but she was able to actually sneak in there and get han out of carbonite and then while she was in uh in the slave outfit she's like no that's cool i'll just go ahead and just choke the life out of you so can i I ask a question related to the slave outfit okay i think and and this is something that i've been very impressed with with rebels Mm -hmm. and was very impressed with with the force awakens isn't it nice that now we can have Star Wars female characters who are presented without purposely highlighting sexuality for them, that they can stand on their own because they don't do the highlighting sexuality for the men. But you look at it, you've got Leia gets the metal bikini. Padme gets a very strategic Nexu slash that somehow turns her outfit into a midriff and takes one of her sleeves off. And at one point, it's very cold in one of the starships, so to speak. Um no further detail needed. <laughs> and then you've got even Ahsoka as a young female Padawan running around in a skirt and a, I don't even know what it's called, tube top, crop top, whatever that thing is called. Um, and then when she does get a costume change, gets a boob window. Yeah. Na- and they did nothing of the sort with Ray. Nothing. If anything, right. they downplayed Ray's looks to make her look like the scavenger that she was. And they haven't pulled that crap with Hera or with Sabine on uh, Rebels. I, I think that's a huge step, but doesn't that then reflect somewhat poorly? And I think this is part of the context of me thinking of Leia as appropriate for her time, but not as strong a character now in how she was presented in the films. Isn't there a level of downplaying the female character or compromising the female character and the strength thereof by shoehorning in the sexual things so that you can get the attention of young males. And I know somebody said, well, that was just her character. She was made a slave. Even Lucas in an interview in Maxim magazine of all places a few years back, I think it was right around the time episode two or three came out, said specifically that Leia's metal bikini was supposed to ignite uh, feelings in young men (laughs) and that he hoped that uh, Natalie Portman as Padme would do the same. Oh my God. <laughs> isn't, I mean, isn't that undermining of the characters? You don't see them do that with men. I mean, I did, uh, uh, yes and no. For one thing is how do you do that with men? You know, like, like what is, what is truly sexy with they men? They run, uh, run around, run uh, around bare chested, run around somewhat scantily clad, sweaty, all Fabio-ish. I don't know, but... There are know. ways Finn you can do that. Sweaty. You don't even see them leaning that direction with the male yeah. characters in Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, it's like, granted, yes, I, I, that clearly the the metal bikini. I'm not going to deny that that wasn't about sexuality, but 
you know, I, I'm of the mindset that you can you can be sexual and then also be uh, a strong character. I don't think that mm-hmm. you, you would be one without the other. Um, I know we're, this is, this is, people are like, I thought this is about video games. But. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, at least I didn't bring up duct tape Ahsoka from the comic books. Oh, wait, I just did. <laughs> I just, crap. <laughs> no, I th- I, and I think it is a tribute to the Star Wars community and pop culture references in general to the fact that women have, especially cosplayers, have embraced the Slave Leia metal bikini thing and made it a symbol of feminine power and right. feminine strength. But as someone making a film, to me, that feels like, I don't know, it feels like it's cheapening something about the character. They could have done it differently, just like when they took duct tape Ahsoka from the Slaves of the Republic arc in the comics, and when they turned that into episodes of the Clone Wars, they gave her a more regal gown when she w- or whatever you call it again, I'm not big on female attire. I have no idea what anything's called <laughs> okay, uh, except for, you know, high heels and skirts, I guess. Um, but they gave her more of a gown because they recognized that's not appropriate to have her running around as if her clothing is made of electrical or duct tape. Right. Yeah, we're, we're very far afield. Yeah, um, I don't know. So um, about that. um. What video game? What were we, we going to talk about? Uh, uh, about yeah. that, uh, whatever. Well, do, did we did we successfully answer the email? I think I think we did. Although I think <laughs> now we've just managed, or I've just managed to anger more people, which may result in more emails. He's gonna, well, hey, you know what though? I'll take it. I'm positive. I am positive. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what about it. Jonathan, I appreciate you writing in, man. And if anybody else wants to, of course, you can send us an email at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com or hit us up on, on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. You can, you'll find us. We're not hard. Is it just me or am I the protocol droid on the image, but I'm the least diplomatic person sitting here? Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think that I was very diplomatic either. But Oh, <laughs> you, you seem much more diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be a protocol droid, I don't think 3PO was all that diplomatic either. So, except for that is Ewoks. true, but but I don't know. I wouldn't even recognize him these days with a red arm. Right, exactly. Could be a totally different model. And uh, I wouldn't even recognize the comic that explained the red arm as a good comic either. <laughs> yeah, and I'm positive on that too. Yeah, I, I mentioned that the other day too. I was like, yep, yeah, it's um. It was a comic book. That's for sure. <laughs> There's a reason why shows have like editors and directors and producers and content managers and people to say no and slap <laughs> you across the face with a turd. Or wait, no, it's slap you across the face with a newspaper if you left a turd or something. And and we're seeing it now. I don't think they're actually allowed to do that. It's, uh, I think that's assault. But anyhow, so... Uh, let's go ahead and, and jump, get into some of our video game topics and jump into the hollow vid. Battlefront. We are a bit behind on, on discussing this, but they did go ahead and announce our next, uh, our upcoming expansion that'll be coming out this summer. So yeah, so they've given us a sense of what's coming up here in the spring. We have new in-game events, new HUT contracts, uh, more new content, and some stuff specific for May the 4th. Uh, Some cool activities, as they call it, though not anything specifically announced yet. And then we have our details 
on uh, Star Wars Battlefront Bespin, which of course is the second DLC pack that is due this June. And basically, as we go to Cloud City, there's supposed to be four new maps for, as they call it, all of our most popular modes. And they say we'll see AT-ATs in Cloud City, or AT-ATs, uh, take to the skies in Fighter Squadron, and even spend time in the Carbonite Chamber. So presumably that means we're finally getting some more big maps, because you may recall that Outer Rim didn't have a single new large map uh, for any of the large game modes like Supremacy, Walker Assault, and Turning Point. And of course, we also didn't get a single map in Outer Rim that let you play Fighter Squadron on a new map, so apparently this one will. So it seems like there is perhaps balance to the force happening with the first and second DLCs, one giving us more small map content, one giving us more large map content. Uh, we are told also that we're going to get more blasters and more star cards. We're going to get a new game mode that has not yet been detailed. And we've got two new hero slash villain characters, ones at least one of which we kind of thought would be in Outer Rim, but it makes more sense, I guess, to be in Bespin. Those are Lando Calrissian as the hero and Dengar as a villain. I'm super excited about this. You know, it's of course, obviously, Cloud City Casino. All of this sounds good, uh, especially Lando. But the funny thing is, everybody's been clamoring for Lando. Like he, that was the thing. A lot of people were. They're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe we got nine numb. Why didn't we get Lando?" And I was just like, "That's interesting." I would have thought that people would have went to someone else before Lando for instance maybe Obi-Wan or Chewbacca or something like that but everyone went straight to Lando so I thought that was kind of interesting but also very cool so we're getting Lando um and then also getting Dengar so that makes me kind of wonder since we're getting Dengar I'm wondering if they're they're trying to keep it to more human-like characters because um you know, I mean, like we haven't gotten Chewbacca yet. So I'm wondering if they're thinking, no, we don't want to to do a large character like Chewbacca um, or what? I, I don't know. I, what do you think on that? I don't know. I haven't been thinking in terms of size or character models much. My thought was more along the lines of I think we're getting an explanation to an extent here, sort of retroactively by accident of why they gave us nine numb first. Because thematically, Lando makes more sense to be with Bespin uh, than it would have been for the Outer Rim content. And Dengar makes sense for Bespin, sort of. I mean, we know that he was there in Legends after leaving the Executor. Heck, if we know what's going on with him now in canon. Um, but Dengar, at least, was in the Empire Strikes Back. He was part of the Bounty Hunter group that theoretically should have wound up on Cloud City at some point. And... Looking back on it, I mean, a couple of the new maps that we got in Outer Rim were for Sullust, which makes perfect sense with Nine Numb, which makes me think that Greedo being added in there, it may have just been what we were saying about, hey, Nine Numb and Greedo, it's easy to just reskin the Sullust and then the Rodian. But part of that might also just have been maybe they've got some really cool game mechanics cooked up as the hero abilities for Lando and Dengar that sort of right. play off of each other and balance each other and they were just looking for someone once they gave nine numb his abilities that they could give similar abilities without it being a, a character that's either overpowered or underpowered the way we think of them it made sort of sense to give similar abilities from nine numb to greedo so they could be a balanced pair in outer rim but i don't know you're you got a good point perhaps about the sizes of the characters um but 
given the fact that they're essentially skins with just slightly bigger hitboxes, I wouldn't think it'd be that difficult for them to do unless it comes down to something like uh, having to resize or change how they handle the gear or something. Like there's something about the in-game engine that just makes the size just impossible to work out. I don't know. Uh, right, I mean, yeah. this is the same engine that was used for the Battlefront games, but Battle or not Battlefront, Battlefield games, but those are all humans. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, I think that if they're wanting to keep everything to that profile, for instance, uh, terrain and stuff like that, um, could could cause more hindrance for your character running around. Possibly, I'm not sure. I think they could do some cool stuff with, like, to say Chewbacca, though. You know, if they want to. I mean, personally, what I would like to see is, you know, the next one maybe get Chewbacca and IG88. Um, you know, that way you've got two larger characters, uh, but you can give them more health to sort of balance their size. Um, especially mm-hmm. be cool with something like with Chewbacca where he's just got like a vicious melee or something, you know, maybe give him a little more reach from it. Give him, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, yeah, melee is not instant kill. So maybe his can be a little more of an instant kill, something like that. Or uh, throw or hits you and throws the body so it could kill somebody else or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe he rips your arm out of the socket. I don't know. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Sore <laughs> point, man. I know. I know. Sore I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I do. I like the fact that in this same announcement, I mean, I guess we kind of were expecting it, but they have confirmed that in the next two DLCs after this Death Star and then the one they haven't named yet, we should expect two more in each of those two. So by the time this is all over with, I mean, we're already up to five for each side as of Bespin. There'll be seven total heroes and seven total villains at least just from the core game and the paid DLC. So, again, it makes me wonder, what are they going to do with Hero Hunt? What are they going to do with Heroes versus Villains to balance that out? And I think I've asked on a previous show, are they going to integrate the DLCs together? Because, like, right now, if I want to play Heroes versus Villains and I want to play with Greedo and Nindum in the mix, I have to go to the Outer Rim playlist to do that. Whereas, theoretically... To be able to play with Lando and Dingar, you'll have to go to a Bespin playlist to do that. So will there be the ability to play Heroes versus Villains or a Hero Hunt where it's got Nine Numb and Greedo and other characters from the original game alongside Lando and Dingar? Or are they forever going to be segregated from each other due to the way the DLC playlists work? Um, there's a lot of games where... It just checks for your DLC as you're matchmaking, and if you can go to this particular map, it'll send you there. If you can play with this specific thing, it'll send you there. If you don't have the DLC, you'll still enter the exact same playlist, but it'll just rotate you through other maps. Um, But I know that that's a more complex thing to do, and it's not necessarily industry standard to do. So I'm very curious how those modes will play out when we finally have two DLCs sitting beside each other in the game that theoretically could interact, but may not. Yeah, it's, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, like I said, I'm really not sure how all of that's going to work or is currently working. Honestly, can Uh, I give you a question? mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm just babbling here. Let's 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 get you to babble more. (laughs) I am a protocol droid. My God. (laughs) Um, it says we're going to get, the ability to take to the skies in fighter squadron, right? Which theoretically means that one of these new maps is going to be one of the ones you can actually fly over as a fighter squadron map, if not more than one. Do you think they're holding out on us and we're going to get some new hero and villain ships? Cause right now it's just the millennium Falcon and slave one. And that gets real old, real fast. And so does the choice of only 
X-Wing, A-Wing, or TIE Fighter, TIE Intercept. Do you think they're holding out and we're looking at new ships in the Bespin DLC? Yeah, I mean, that would be great. Are we pro- So let me ask this. Are we promised hero characters for each one? Or It says it says uh, its line is... Let's see. Um, you'll see at at. I always say ad-ads. I don't know if that's the way you're supposed to say it. You see, AT-ATs in Cloud City take to the skies in Fighter Squadron and even spend time in Carbonite. Of course, we're at also adding more Blasters and Star Cards, a new game mode, and two new iconic characters. We're really excited about Lando Carisian and the cold-buddy bounty hunter Dengar. Speaking of heroes, we know they have been one of the things you like most about the game. We're happy to confirm that there will be eight total heroes included in the Star Wars Battlefront Season Pass, which includes Greedo and Ninem, released with the Outer Rim Pack, Two more each in both the Death Star expansion and our yet-to-be-revealed fourth expansion pack. More on the heroes to come this summer. Okay. So. So, fancy way of saying, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason I ask is because I was wondering if perhaps they might, instead of, of giving us more heroes, instead maybe give us more ships or, or hero ships instead. Um, Do you think that they're drawing that distinction? Hmm. I, I think I think if they're saying heroes, I don't I, I think that would be really shady. And I and I think they would get a lot of blowback. Now, it doesn't mean that they wouldn't still do it, but I think they know that they're on eggshells. So I, I think we're going to get more characters. It's just interesting because I don't know who they could give us, you know, like, OK, so I, I suppose you can continue to give us some um bounty hunters right and and so fine all right well, let's just say they're going to give us bounty hunters for uh all all of the villain side who are they going to give us for the the hero side you know like that's that's kind of interesting to me because i don't i don't see a whole lot of room to move past this point um i'll give you one mm-hmm. jen urso possibly I mean, I doubt it because they right. haven't really talked about a connection to that. But we had a Jakku map to promote the Force Awakens. Well, and they're in calling theory, it Death they Star. Do something. I mean, assuming that she that she somehow survives the mission, we don't know what happens at, by the end of Rogue One, other than the fact that hey, it's the Death Star plans mission, so she may be dead for all we know. But it'd be interesting to use that as a tie-in. And the heroes, there's a huge slate of different new heroic characters. Oh. That they could use out of that movie. Very true. Yeah. And we, we could fight as Forrest Whitaker in the forest <laughs> of Endor. <laughs> uh, but but like you did say, you know what? Because the, the time falls about right, if I'm not mistaken. And it's called the, the Death Star expansion. So that kind of makes sense if, if we're talking about the, the first Death Star. Yeah, that Death Star expansion is what? Fall? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. So that would be right about the time getting ready for the movie to come out. And so I could totally see, you know, them dropping her and then, you know, mysterious uh, Grand Admiral or ISB agent or whatever he's supposed to be. The guy that I confused today on Facebook and, and drew a lot of ire getting confused between the actor playing that and the actor from Hannibal who says, hey, I'm this character's father in the film. And right. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, my God, the ISB agent, the Grand Admiral, whatever he is, is the father <laughs> of like, oh. Damn, never mind. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, talking about the with the fighter stuff, I I guess they didn't mention anything in, in Bespin about getting new fighters. They didn't say it. All they say is, I mean, the only mention at all 
mm-hmm. of the new content beyond the characters is what I read there. It says uh, we're taking players in and around Cloud City with four new maps for all of our most popular modes. You'll see ATHs in Cloud City and then the part that I already said. So there's nothing specific that they've listed. Right. And I w- I'm sitting back wondering four new maps for all of our most popular modes. Which are the most popular modes that they're referring to? Because they probably, and I would have to go back and look at this, but get, that phrasing seems like just marketing BS, the kind right. of thing that they probably would have said right. with, with Outer Rim, too. And Outer Rim didn't have any big maps whatsoever. This one at least says ATATs and Fighter Squadron, so it's promising bigger maps. I was, oh my God, what if, what if it's not bigger maps? What if it's not uh, a Bespin version of Walker Assault? Because I can't. I mean, they're just going to drop them on Cloud City or something. Are we going to be on the on the surface? Yeah, that, that could be sweet, though. Um, I mean, if they do that right, oh, that could be sick. Nah, dude, watch it just be, hey, here's another small map. But look in the background. <laughs> look at that beautifully rendered ATAT just walking around like the ships in the sky of the Tatooine maps. Isn't that cool? Or there's a crashed one kind of like uh, that Ray lives in and Jakku. There you go. Or, or better yet, we're giving you new ATATs. In the attract screens that happen when you let it sit for too long. <laughs> yeah, because they did add a few more with the last DLC, if I remember right. What if, what if it's just that uh, the the ATAT is the map? It is, yeah, they're like running around on top of. Oh, you can actually theoretically run around inside it, which is this is something right. that that got me just recently. Uh, I've been doing more reviews for StarWarsReport.com. And one of the things I recently reviewed because they finally had it come out in print is Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away Aliens. There were three stories from or excuse me, four stories from December that were ebooks. All those are collected in it along with two new ones. And one of the new ones, an Uncar Plut story, basically has the idea that a bunch of stuff is stored inside an old Imperial transport. But the transport is described as an AT-AT. And somehow these characters are running around inside it like they're inside a freaking Star Destroyer, (laughs) which makes no logical sense to me whatsoever, unless we're talking about those slightly different, slightly bigger AT-ATs that we see in the Rebels television series. But, I mean, based on the logic of that story, True Love, yes, Uncar Plutt dealing with the dating service online i kid you not but it's no more crazy than a recipe for death which is a freaking cooking show um breathe nathan um that story makes it out to be as if somehow you could actually do that inside an atat so maybe an atat could actually be a setting perhaps or we we find out that uh it's almost like uh tag and bink Right. Where they right. had, uh, you know, many Bothans died to bring us. No, no, no. It wasn't many Bothans. It was Manny. Manny, <laughs> Manny Bothans. That, that, that's his name. Right. That'd be like ATAT is like the name of a new type of droid or something. Or maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it's its own, like it's a new one or something. It's the, uh, the at-bat. The, the uh, at-bat. Or all-terrain, big-ass transport. Just signs that point you in a direction to go, but it has two arrows and that represents an at-at. The cafeteria is at-at <laughs> this way. Where is it at? At oh yeah. So anyhow, wow. What time of day is it? It feels like it's like three in the morning when we're recording this. Oh oh, it's six p.m. We should be better than this. <laughs> we're Jedi. When, we know we're better than this. Like I said, hopefully we'll we'll get some more on that, and it'll get better. But uh, in the meantime, I think that 
I think I want to just kind of take a, a little bit of a break and play some of the, the classic games that we know are good, or at least that we had forgotten aren't good. Uh, and Hey, you leave Masters of Terrace Kasi alone. Yeah. I liked it back in the day. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so gaming-wise, there's just really not a lot of, of new news aside from what was happening with Battlefront. We actually haven't really heard much about what's coming up with Uprising. But given that it's been a little while since they finished up Act 2, presumably if there's going to be an Act 3, if they are going to continue with that story, we should hopefully be hearing something, I would think, within the next month or so. Just given how much time they gave it for the the original run before then beginning the next set of content because they haven't even had any things like hey let's unlock a sector battle here for one new mission thing since they did the last big update for the end of act two so it's got to be coming soon we just don't have any news to report because there is what's the line about uh, uh no need to report that until there's something to report oh yeah <laughs> when i said that my lips didn't match what i was saying just so you know i'm authentic <laughs> that way hey man you know what though i'm, I'm everybody gives those uh uh, what were they called again? I want to say Rodians, but they're, yeah, Nemoidians. There we go. I knew in the Udians. Um, everyone always, always gives them crap, but I was, I thought that I still, to this day, I'm like, you know what? That was pretty cool that they were using animatronic masks. And, uh, even in the force awakens in that behind the scenes where they were showing all the different animatronic masks and stuff they're using, I'm like, yes, this is the way to go. So yeah, let's make those Nemoidians with a dash of animatronics and a dash of racism. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, I, I that's all right you can apparently run political claim, campaigns like that these days <laughs> and he made a political joke that was a huge mistake <laughs> huge so um i think that's pretty much all we have as far as the uh the hollow vid goes i mean do you have anything i can't think of anything new with the the degeric table um not really um there's I been, mean, I, Rebellion is the last giant new release right. that came out, and I haven't really had anything showing up in my mailbox, though there's a lot of, of pre-orders going. I'm hoping that May the 4th is going to be the day where Fantasy Flight Games puts out some more announcements about where stuff is going, because I think I mentioned previously that I, I tend to pre-order these things as soon as they show up, and usually they show up on Miniature Market to pre-order within a matter of days after being announced. And my pre-order lists of things that I've pre-ordered has dwindled down to almost nothing on some of the fantasy flight games particularly the rpgs so i'm kind of hoping that we're about to get an announcement or an influx of something uh, right. otherwise yeah the degeric table is pretty quiet at this point right and, and we, should, we should go back to classics on that i can bust out my uh what is it called clash of lightsabers or whatever it is the card game with the miniatures running up the side yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure was that the wizards of the coast one no, man, this was old school. This was like Hasbro or something or you're not Hasbro. Kenner. No, Wh whoever it was. <laughs> Galoob. I don't know. This uh, is why this <laughs> I, I, I do the video game part. And when it comes to collecting, I throw up my hands and say, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. But you don't recognize me because of the red arm. Uh, right. Right. You thought I'm like, wait, where, where did Nick go? So. Uh, the thing with it is, I do know that there's at least three more, three, maybe four, I'm, I get confused with them exactly, but about three or four uh, things that are either to come out or haven't been announced yet. And uh, I don't know anything else about it besides that. But um, 
yeah, I mean, as, as far as that goes, there's there's nothing else really to talk about at the moment. I know that we have the uh, Imperial Veterans that's apparently on the boat, the slow boat from China. And uh, that that should and be coming. Which which ships are in that? I've got that on pre-order, but it's been so long. I know it's repaints of it's so, like a Thai Defender and something else. Defender and I believe Bomber. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um. So so those should be coming, and that's going to have the fix for the the Thai Defender. That's going to turn the Thai Defender from being a overcost overcosted piece of junk to being one of the better ships in the game. Sweet. Very sweet. Oh, speaking of which, speaking of tabletop gaming, did I tell you what I had to do recently? No. I am on three enormous tackle boxes now for (laughs) X-Wing. I've had to move Scum and Villainy out of the Rebel box where it had room to now being in one by itself. So when I say we need a Star Wars room when we finally get a house, my God, we need a Star Wars room. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, I'm still managed to keep everything in one (laughs) tackle box. But. Yeah, but you're probably not nearly as anal retentive as I am about it. I'm like, it's a collection, man. It's not being played with much because my wife, the last time we played X-Wing, decided to just suicide all of her starfighters because she got tired of playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I, I want to take stuff out that I'm just not even using and just put it like in, like, for instance, the Star Vipers. It's like, yeah, this uh, this won't see the table anytime soon and just ooh, take ooh, the weight reference out. Reference to Shadows of the Empire there. Nice. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Keep keep Dash Rendar in there because you never know when you need to break him out, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there there's some news, but it's more, it's not really good news or anything. And it's going on with the, the tournament scene and the um oh yes the the what do they call it it was intentional buys or something like that intentional yeah yeah there's been a lot of so explain that is that i am someone who i get how the game works i've played the game quite a bit i have never played in a tournament setting and this is blowing up when it comes to the x-wing scene we're a gaming podcast at least in large degree uh this is an important gaming topic. So what's the deal? Like, what is an intentional draw? How we, are people saying it was being misused? Is it allowed? Is it not allowed? What has Fantasy Flight Games said? Give us the scoop. So um, to, uh, to try not to, to misspeak um, as best I can, I'll, I'll try to stick to anything that's factual. And then if, if uh, it's something that I'm not 100% on, I'll, I'll state that. But uh Factual coming from uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he he's one of the the guys in charge of it. Uh, is it Alex Davies? I think is the one it was. Yeah, I think it's Alex Davies. So essentially, his statement about the intentional buy was in order because we can't. Um, so, so basically, if if you're in the last round and you know that losing essentially could put you out. But if you take the uh, intentional draw, then you will keep your spot in the last round. Then there's nothing that they can do supposedly, or, or, you know, most likely to keep some, keep that uh, the two members from colluding and deciding to not, you know, just essentially fly around the board and not shoot at each other. And then at the end of the round, oh, okay, well, we, we have a draw. So therefore we don't drop our place. So, so it's, it's allowing people to agree to basically a tie, right? So keep their standing and move them forward in the competition and it's being attacked as whether or not it should be viable because 
in theory, if somebody could lose that and get knocked down, that's blocking out players with lower standings from being able to improve their standings. Exactly. Exactly. Ah, okay. So, okay. so it could, because essentially what it does is it sort of takes out the point of that last round anyways. And I don't, I don't like the mindset either of, well, you know, we can't really regulate this. So we're just making it legal for you to do it. You see what I'm saying? Like that, that's yeah, kind of, that does correct. seem, I mean, I mean, it's, it's kind of the mindset of things like trying to catch people speeding, right? Mm-hmm. You can't catch everyone, but you're still going to try to catch some because you're trying to show people not to do it as opposed to just saying, well, I guess we can't catch speeders. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Well, but, but it's, it's, it's more of the, the mindset of being like, well, you know, Hey, it's, it's hard to catch everybody. So you know what? Drive whatever speed you want to. Uh, more questions because this is this this mm-hmm. fascinates me because it's just not a scene that I'm in, right. so to speak. Like it's just not a thing that I've done. So in theory, it's not a show of skill because they're just doing the intentional draws, though it was <gasps> exactly. skill that got them up there in the first place. Right. I guess my question would be one, is this rampant? Um and two Given that this is all about getting to that winning spot, I mean, I know that there is, for instance, substantial money involved with being like a world champion of Magic the Gathering. I mean, the guy that was a world champion for a while of Magic the Gathering uh, basically made his living off of that and then eventually went to found the game that I play, Ascension. So I know there's money to be made in some respects, but are the prizes for being a champion in an individual event or even a world champion – for X-Wing, like, are they substantial? Like, is there a viable reason why someone would be propelled to do this? Or is it just unsportsmanlike mindset? Like, I'm, it, you know, it's, it's like, you know, what makes a person desperate enough that they want that win that they would sort of toss out the idea of competition and go with the intentional draw, even if it is allowed? So is it rampant and... Are the prizes really that good to make this sort of thing something that people do? So here's the thing is that it's a new rule that was, to to my knowledge, um, you know, because it kind of just sort of came out of nowhere for me. But the way I'm understanding it, it's a it's a brand new rule. And uh, well, no, yeah, I mean, I know that I know that to be true. So, well, so it's okay. a new rule. You say it's yeah. a brand new a brand new rule that allows it, and before it just sort of happened, or was it banned before and now it's okay? It was it was beforehand. It there was no rule for it whatsoever. Um, so like unaddressed, before, right? And um, you know, so essentially, you you had to play, uh, but. Because where it really come from is the uh, one of the guys who, like I said, I, I can't think of the um, the exact titles, but that he's in charge of the the tournament scene. Basically, he come from Magic the Gathering, which is where the whole intentional draw comes from, because that that sort of comes from the card side. For instance, the people who who really were more interested in, in seeing the intentional draw or the uh, Android Netrunner players. But they they basically blanket put this across the board. And it's just, I don't know, the whole thing is frustrating. And it's, you know, I, for myself, I, I really do not um, agree with it. I don't agree with how, um, how it's been you know, coming from, like I said, Alex Davies and then the other guy, especially there's been a, a tone and, um, 
just some dismissiveness. Uh, allegedly, that part, I, I can't say 100% if basically what was being shown were screenshots of the conversation, but just because they're screenshots doesn't really mean that that was a conversation that happened. Anyone mm-hmm. can kind of fudge things and edit them, however. But but essentially what's being perceived as the response and, and tones have been less than professional coming from this guy. And uh, just basically, you don't know what's best. I know it's best and, you know, or whatever. So it's it's kind of it's kind of gross. And, and I, I really dislike it. But um, I, I know there's been a lot of FAQ changes and stuff going on. I'm not even really caught up on them. Um, cause I've, I've actually spent the past couple of weeks working on my, uh, my shadow trooper helmet on Tuesday night. So I haven't really been going to, to X-Wing here, uh, very much recently. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I have not been keeping completely up to date on the FAQs. I know they just changed them again. I want to say just a couple of days ago, uh, very minor changes though. But the, the biggest problem with the ID that, that really caused the stink to come up was when, uh, at a, an event, all of the top eight players, because of course you want, you want to make the top eight to move on to the next, uh, I think it was two regionals or whatever, but, um, and this is that Swiss format thing, right? Right. So in the last round, the entire top eight took intentional draws. And so it's not necessarily rampant across the board in terms of tournaments. But at this tournament, it was glaringly rampant. Right. Right. Okay. And, you know, it's it's. And here's the thing, the way the rules are set up, and because I talked to my, um, they call them TOs, basically the the judge for the the thing. And I talked to my my TO about it and he was kind of like, he's kind of nervous about it because he's like, you know, I don't like, I don't like the rule. But the way the rule states is that the, the TO can, can shoot it down. But then he's worried about if he does that, well, then what does that mean for him or for the store, you know, their credibility or whatever? And I'm like, man, I would just, you know, I would just go with it the way you feel like going with it and then just say, hey, the rules are I have the right to shoot it down, not I have the right to shoot it down for this or that or whatever. I disagree with the rule and I have the the right to dismiss the rule. So that's what I'm going to do. All right. So, let me ask you another question then. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm I'm all about the questions here on this. I, I no, feel like this cool. is like this is like gaming politics, man. I mean, I, <laughs> no, this, yeah, is, that's exactly this is my what, yeah. bread and butter. I love the politics of well, politics, and this is kind of like it. Um, okay, so one, I'm still waiting on the answer on, on the prizes, but two. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. So, so this this Tia, the tournament officer, or Tio, or whatever the person's called. So they're at a particular tournament or at a particular location. Is this kind of like? And I'm kind of wondering how, like how the structure works because you talked about how if he were to say, okay, well, we're not going to allow it this time. Presumably, you would expect that that same person or that same location would then stick to that decision throughout. I'm wondering how this compares to something like you know the federal court system where you've got different district courts and their rulings apply to that region, but it takes like a Supreme Court to override them, and a precedent in one doesn't mean a precedent for the other, but they can look at it. Like, if you've got, let's say, you know, a couple of of regional tournaments or something where they say, no, we're not going to allow it, does that set a precedent that somehow then everybody else has to follow, or does it just create possibly chaos of people then griping that the rules were inconsistently applied? 
Uh, so the way that it essentially works is at that point they can review the situation and then say, Hey, we released some new FAQs and then now these are the rules. So that'd be almost like the Supreme court declaring something and then all the federal districts have to deal with it. Yeah, basically. Right. But until then, Mm -hmm. until they make such a ruling, it's a free for all. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah. That is correct. So it's man, man, (laughs) folks, you thought, you thought us restrictions on gun control and stuff like that was was difficult. Try playing X-Wing. <laughs> now, as far as the prizes thing, I'll be honest, I'm not sure as far as if there's any, you know, I've not heard of them. I've not ever really looked too much because I'm like, I'm never going to end up at Worlds. So I don't know if there's like any sort of cash prizes or anything. I do know that a lot of the prizes, though, what you can do and, and, and some people do is, for instance, like, oh, you got these acrylic shield tokens. And then you turn around, throw those up on eBay and then make some good money on there. So I have seen a bunch of that stuff and I've resisted buying any of it because I'm afraid that if I buy any of like the promo stuff or the tournament stuff, I'm going to try to buy it all. Like now I'm driving myself nuts trying to find the last two promo cards for the DC deck building game. And I'm just like, just I I can't do it with X-Wing. Right. But I mean, that's so I mean, they sell okay. Mm hmm. So you're thinking this is probably more of a psychological need to win thing, possibly less than a matter of the the financial benefit of it. Or are these people, the people that did the intentional draws at the, the, the tournament that sparked all of this, were these people who were kind of known players with known high standings like people? Ooh, that, yeah. specifically uh one of them was um i can't think of his name right now hold on let me see um because it's it's caused a huge freaking uproar yeah so paul heaver who was the world's champion of the last three uh world's championships was among the um was among that group of who who did this so that has kind of caused some issues. And, and the guy prior to him, whose name I, I can't recall, he, he was the first world's championship, uh, essentially like even put put out like a statement or whatever, where he's like, I've unfriended him and, and some one of the other guys, you know, some, some of these more known guys. And saying, well, this was the guy that was this the guy that made the post is basically like, dude, I'm out. I'm done with with probably even X-Wing because of this stuff that. Yeah. That, and was yeah. calling out the unsportsmanlike conduct and everything. Right, right. That's where I became. That's where I came in on this. Like I saw the hubbub, mm-hmm. but the con- I didn't have any of the context until you're laying it all out here in a way that actually makes sense. Right. Yeah. That was the first champion, and he's the one who started the the whole fly casual thing, which was that because X Wing is. Yeah, I heard that too. Mm-hmm. What the heck is fly casual? So fly casual is essentially sort of a it, it's a phrase that, that people use, which is basically I mean it's kind of nice for don't be a dick, um, which is because because with a lot of games that I've played in the past, what I would really get tired of is like rule mongering people who would would look more to how they could sort of cheat their opponent with like rule, like rule or rule law, law, lawyering. There we go. Um, things, things like that, or trying to rattle their opponent or, or use other means than just actual tactics to, to beat their opponent. Uh, those types of wow. things. Uh, this even, really is politics. Yeah, even even cheating. I mean, there's uh, in Magic the Gathering, cheating is rampant in Magic the Gathering, and a lot of it is just because there's um, there's the ability to essentially have an income off of playing Magic the Gathering. Now, so, 
cheating, I'm assuming we're not talking about like cheating like at poker where there's cards slipped up the arm and stuff like that. I mean, we're talking about cheating in spirit more so than in reality, like people who are actually following the rules, but they're they're nitpicky. And so, as you said, sort of lawyering them. No, no, wait, that it, they're it, taking it so seriously that they're pulling the fun. Or are you talking like straight up? They're violating the rules and nobody's calling them on it. I'm, I'm talking about both. I mean, it stretches across the board. In fact, there was um, another game here recently, and this was the first time that this happened with Fantasy Flight where they've decided um, okay, this there's there's now a ban list for Fantasy Flight because of this player. The, a ban the, on people or a ban on cards or a ban on people. Yeah. Wow. And this this is the first guy to to make the he's the first and only name to be on the ban list because he was drawing uh more than one card uh for for this card game. And, and he was doing he was like literally like like he was he wasn't supposed to draw two, but he was palming it sort of so that he could right. get two. Right. And, and yeah, and like I said, that, that kind of shot in yeah. poker and, and that kind of thing happens in a lot of other card games, you know, because it, it gets to a situation of, um, you know, there, there's too much on the line or this person or whatever. I don't know. But the point is, that's the kind of like, that's not fun. Nobody wants to to play that and, and enjoy that unless, uh, like I said, you're doing it from a, a cutthroat mentality of, hey, this is my income, which is not what it should be about. Mm-hmm. So that's funny because it's funny because my wife and I, uh, we we'd played through Ascension, all the different sets and whatnot. We're really kind of getting into the deck building games, as I mentioned before. And we were playing the DC deck building game the other night. I forget which set it may have been. We were playing Forever Evil. And boy, is that an aptly named game because it took us like <laughs> two and a half hours to get through the game. But you're supposed there's an order in which you're supposed to put the cards you played, the cards that are still in your hand and the cards you acquire into the discard pile, which really doesn't wind up mattering because before you use the discard pile as your deck, you shuffle the thing anyway. But I turned to my wife and I'm like, this is the order you need to put them in. And she looked at me with this look like, are you serious? <laughs> Shut up, honey. Um, and I think that's, that's what you mean. I wasn't flying casual at the moment. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess with the advent of esports being treated as sports, I shouldn't be surprised that this type of competition of tabletop games and card games gets to that level. But I don't know. I guess I've just been sort of I I worked at a comic shop when I was in college and a little bit when I was in high school. Uh, Comic Quest in Evansville, Indiana. A fantastic place. Love the people there. Space is awesome. Uh, Buddy of mine still plays there almost every week. But I think I mean, as I was leaving, there was a gaming room in the back and there'd be people playing. But usually it was just buddies that came in and played. The last time I was in there. When I visited my hometown, this is after being gone since 2002, there were tables set up everywhere, very official looking setups. It wasn't even a tournament time, but you could tell people were like people who didn't know each other were playing each other and shifting off partners or or, or competitors. And I guess I just it hadn't really struck me the extent to which this had become that kind of thing, that it had become sort of this, I don't know, contentious Perhaps this serious a thing. I'm, I'm kind of always the one that says if your your fandom is stressing you out and causing you grief, you're doing it wrong. Right. I wouldn't have expected that to be the case with these these games. But I guess I mean if people can do it over, you know, if people are getting are, are flipping over cars and burning them over World Series wins, then <laughs> yeah. I, I guess you could you could have somebody violating some rules and getting banned for you know, a Fantasy Flight Games game. I just 
I had, I had no idea it was that contingent. I appreciate you taking the time to lay it. I know that this was nowhere on the show notes. Yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> and, this, oh. and this episode has now gone along, but that's, wow. I mean, I, I will have to pay much more attention to that as, as that story develops and, and as the background be, are there websites that you know of that are good websites to keep track of events like this? I mean, not affiliated with us, but just are there ones that you follow to sort of keep up with the newest of the community news like this outside of the official press releases on fantasyflight.com? Uh, base. I mean, most of my news honestly comes from the, uh, which you're part of the group as well, the the North Georgia uh, X-Wing community. X-Wing Facebook group. Right. Gotcha. That's where, where most of everything that I see comes from because uh, those guys, I mean, they're on it right off the bat i mean they they see stuff as soon as it hits so um you know there's there's reddit pages there's uh ffg forums uh ffg being fantasy flight games uh they're they're official i know that one well for anyone who might not know um stuff like that uh there are places to go and find that stuff but uh, you know that's i usually kind of get stuff directly from there just because some of those guys are always on it and, and i think it's just because it's it's multiple people who have who may be looking at multiple sources and and are really good about posting things immediately um so it's just so much faster it's faster than the internet crowdsourcing <laughs> exactly if only they could have done that to find the rest of the map to luke you know wouldn't have had to have the confrontation with kylo ren and all Will this Force Friday have another core set of a Fantasy Flight Games game that they don't announce that you have to then? Because <laughs> people who've listened to Beyond the Films, I think, know the story. The only reason that I was able to get the new core set on Force Friday was because, A, I'd seen the pictures of it that spoiled the fact that it existed. And B, right. you were the one Facebook messaging me from a Target saying, dude, go to a Target. They're on the shelves. Yeah. The only reason I was able to get it. Yep. Yeah. But uh, Force Friday. I <sighs> Yeah, no, I know. And actually that's the other thing which uh I guess I can go into the details uh more about it on on the next episode, but uh you know, the whole thing about that was in order to play in a tournament setting, you would need that new damage card deck that yes. came with that. Yeah, not anymore. Really? Yeah, now you can pick. You can pick which damage deck you right. that's that's a little bit bizarre. Now, okay, you can pick which damage deck. Now, does this mean, because if you're playing a game, mm-hmm. in general, there's the one damage deck, right? You're not each holding your own damage deck, are you? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, so your opponent has their damage deck and you have yours. And you have yours. So right. so in theory, you could have two people playing both using different damage decks. Absolutely, yep. Oh, wow, that is, that's, that, man, if only Donald Trump played X-Wing, this could be what he would be out there railing about. It's a rigged game, folks. It's a rigged damage deck. Yeah. Well, and the thing is that it, it really actually benefits you to have both decks, depending on what you're playing. For instance, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was playing like I was playing before my uh, three Trandoshan slavers, or as I had nicknamed it, the tranny train. Um Whoa! 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 It's just the I name. Think, I thought I was the one who was tiptoeing on the line from time to time this episode. Well, it's it's I, the Trandoshans. What are you talking about? It's just I. I don't know. I don't know. This is. I think that's what that should be, but I'm not sure that that should be a name for your ships or your build. 
you should necessarily say out loud. Um, I think that is something to keep. You know what? I can't even say to keep in the closet. Uh, I think it is something that you should keep in a tucked away place that you don't share. That's a bit private, like a bathroom. Dang it. Yeah, there's just, nowhere to go just, with this one. Just let it go. Just right. Just, just, well, just anyhow, with with that one because they're um they're generic chips. It's it's better to use the old damage deck because the old damage deck um, had more. It was mostly comprised of cards that would penalize you for having a uh, a named pilot, you know, or having pilot skills and things like that. So that was what they said. You know, they said, okay, this really needs to change because we we want to encourage people to play with these named characters and not play with generic characters so we're instead going to we're going to make this new damage deck which was great and then it should have stayed like that because people complained then they decided oh hey you know what fine you can play with whichever deck you know what but there's a part of me that mm-hmm. says that really doesn't bother me too much as long as it's known that you can choose and it's known that it, that a person is going to choose whichever one benefits them the most because it's not like you know one player is forcing a damage deck decision on someone else as if there was just one damage deck being chosen from perhaps like that everybody was drawing from like maybe it'll benefit me more to use the old one somebody else more to use a new one and oh well because of a coin toss or something we're stuck with the new one i i can almost see that being just another aspect of customizing the game to your experience although it begs the question can you still get the original core set with the original damage deck anymore? Because I don't usually go to game stores and see these things on the shelves. All my stuff is pretty much bought online. Can you even get the old Rebellion era core set? Yeah, yeah, you can. And it has the old damage deck still? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. I mean, I, I would I would say that that's not nearly as big an issue as something like the the intentional draw thing. I would say that's just, hey, that's... A matter of customizing and just like if you're going to customize your deck to play an epic match or not your deck, your squadron uh, mm. to play an epic match, then you're going to have these large ships that have their own damage decks. I don't see it as that much different unless unless there's something specific in tournament rules I don't know about that has to do with damage decks beyond that. Although I find it interesting that they would change it and then change it back so isn't that just being responsive to the players though just like if they were to do something about this intentional draw thing in response to the hubbub so here's here's what's up with that um they they changed i'm about to get schooled ain't i yeah well i don't know we'll (laughs) see so they changed it because there was some there was some outcry right and and the outcry was oh you know it's crap that i have to spend money because i i wouldn't be buying this set um, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that I have to have a damage deck. So why do I have to spend $40 just for the damage deck in order to, uh, in order to play in a tournament? You know, that's, that's 40 extra dollars. That's not fair. Okay. That would be fine if it were at all true. But the reality of the situation is if you're playing in a tournament, you are going to buy that starter set anyways, because it, that starter set uh, had Poe in it, who's one of the best pieces in the game. 
You know, it's like you were going to buy it anyways. It's I no, see it. That sounds to me like that's I don't think that's a valid counter argument, though, well, because you may have somebody who wants to play in a tournament who simply isn't going to play with that card. Now, it may be one of the best in the game, but maybe they don't know that. Maybe they just want to play in a tournament for the heck of it to get the experience of doing it. And they're not doing it necessarily for the big win. They just want to go in and experience it. Maybe they don't want to buy that set. But you, they could have very easily have addressed it, though, by doing like they did with the dice or with the maneuver tool for Armada. Just sell the freaking damage deck separately if you want it and get a du- like a duplicate for those who want a duplicate. If you don't want to buy that set, just get the damage deck and now you're tournament ready for like five bucks or whatever. Potentially, but the thing is, like, because I'll tell you, there's several people who will buy multiple starter sets um, because you, you know, you can, then it's easier to some of the upgrade cards and stuff like that. For instance, I have mm-hmm. two starter sets. And I, I know uh, several other people, people who play competitively, at least around here. And if it's around here, I guarantee it's in any other competitive area as well, will not only buy one, but they'll buy multiple. It's just like I said, to me, it's a very it's 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 just not true. Them saying, oh, you know, now I had to buy this. And the only reason I bought it was because of this damage deck. No, you didn't. That's not true. You're using that as an excuse because your real excuse of I don't want to be penalized by crit card or by taking critical damage. So I would much rather have this uh, this soft deck for my uh, generic pilots than having, um, you know, some one of the others. Uh, specifically, you know, one a, a list that gets played a lot is what they call, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, I think it's been called Thug Life, which is four generic uh, Y-Wing pilots with the twin ion cannons or twin ion turrets. And it allows you to basically roll three dice and then... Um, if you hit, you do one damage, then you get to turn around and then attack a second time. So it's only two damage, but it's, you have a very good chance of getting that two damage through. And with four, four of those, uh, those ships in tandem, you can sit there and put out about eight damage per turn. And if you're focusing fire, then that can be really, really rough. And those are in the core set, the new core set. No, 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 no. But with the new core set, if you, if those, if that list were to take damage, the new set is much more, um, it's much rougher for that list than what the old core set would be. Ah. So the old core set, you would instead, so being able to use the old damage deck, you go, oh, I lost my pilot ability. I don't have a pilot ability because I'm a generic. So, huh, that did nothing. So it, it, to me, it award, it rewards that, that list, which I don't think it should, because then once again, you're getting more of a, uh, an advantage to playing that type of list that already has its own advantages that it just stacks it that much more. Can't, can't we argue the opposite though? And I know that we're, we're getting into just the logic of it, kind of getting out of the woods like the if it would save just one life kind of argument, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, so let's ban pools and peanuts and everything else. Right. Um, but nowadays, though, mm-hmm. given that what you're going to see on the store shelves more often is the newer core set, 
that has the Force Awakens stuff and has the new damage deck in it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't you make the same argument, say, now or a year from now, that just like somebody could buy the new set to gain an advantage from the new deck, somebody playing a different type of build could go hunt down the old one that's not as more commonly being bought and get an advantage from that deck also, it's still spending 40 bucks to get a damage deck that more benefits your style of play. Okay, sorry, so, so I didn't explain this clearly. So the, um, so with it, that's the old damage deck that gives that advantage. The new damage deck, the one that they had uh, ruled as being the, the current... Um, the, the official one, the one you right, had to use. Right, yeah. that's a more balanced one. So essentially, they they said, hey, we're going to balance it in order to to make it more um, to make it more fair for every type of list build, whereas now by going back on it, it's become unbalanced again. Okay, see that if you had said that in the first place, <laughs> my bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you had said that in the first place, um, I'm talking like like T Dog from Prison Break. My bad. Um, if you had said that in the first place, then I would have been right with you and not trying to poke holes in the logic because right. I'm all for the idea of needing to have the balance. I think that, and that's one of the things that, again, this is one of the biggest reasons why I'm for deck building games, because I love trading card games, but they've always, even really technically with the LCG, even if you're not having to buy booster packs, you're still buying force packs and whoever spends the most money has the most options, right? Whoever's got the most cards has the most uh, customization they can do that might build a more powerful set versus someone who say is just buying the core set. Like I'm glad that for instance, when me and my wife played the card game or me and some friends of mine have played the card game, we're just playing with my cards and I've picked up one of everything. So we know that we've got access to everything and it's theoretically going to be a fair match, but I love deck building games specifically because with very few exceptions, like maybe some really overpowered superheroes in DC deck building, um, because you're drawing your cards as you're playing and taking them from a common source, you're getting what should theoretically be a well-balanced game. Um, the balance was something I was railing against in the Battlefront beta when it came to Walker Assault. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, if it was for balance, absolutely this was a – they should have stuck with it. I can see right. them. But Fantasy Flight, to me, they seem to go out of their way a lot of times to be customer-friendly. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they will replace something that's missing as long as it's a small part, not something big. Like they replaced some tokens that I lost, but they certainly didn't replace my my bent up uh, Imperial Raider when it came in. I had to just make that thing warm and bend it myself. Um, but I mean, like the LCG and not having to buy booster packs, putting out the sets for Imperial Assault and saying, hey, if you want miniatures for those characters, you can buy these expansions with some other game stuff in them. But if you just want to play with them, here's some tokens so you can still use Leia or Luke or whoever. Um, it just it seems to me like they they're one they're one of the few companies. And this is probably why I, I don't balk so much at their delays and at their prices on some of the RPG stuff. So they really do seem like they care about the customer perception, fitting the product to the theme of the material and making sure that people are enjoying it, which I guess is why it may even be why you're getting more of this kind of thing happening with the hubbub over the the intentional draw thing and what you're talking about, about the damage decks. It may it'd be like if, you know, if 
if Donald, again, going back to politics, if Donald Trump came out tomorrow and called someone but ugly, right. they'd be like, eh, that's Donald. But if Ted Cruz came out and called someone but ugly tomorrow, it's everywhere and his chances of being a presidential candidate are destroyed, right? That it's sort of a, when you've got someone who has given one impression, like Fantasy Flight Games being so very pro-consumer, pro-player, to have them come out and have the kind of response that you were describing from that guy who seemed a little cocky or whatever about the intentional draw thing, I think that does more, it, it takes people aback more than if you already have a company where there's like, ah, they're just doing the same old crap they always do. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be like EA. All right, cool. So I, for a segment that had no news, <laughs> I managed to, you've managed to, we've managed to fill some space. Uh, what's next on the agenda? Good, all sir. Right. Well, all right. So the, we really only have one segment left, which is our character focus. Who are you? Han Solo. I'm Captain the Millennium Falcon. I'm Ahsoka. I am C-3PO human side populations. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. And this one, I I apologize to uh, Drunken Jedi. He sent this in like two weeks ago, um, but I thought you know I'll I'll wait and uh, and handle it now. Um, he wanted us to do. Were you waiting for me? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Anyway. So, so uh, well, because this is one that I, I think is interesting, and and I would love to do, but I, I don't know that this podcast is really the one. But I'd love to just do like a clone breakdown, right? Dude. You can do whatever you want. You're the Baron Administrator. Yep, that's true. And Riley doesn't listen, so I can't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> he's, one day he's going to listen. I'm going to I want to say that joke too many times. This will be the episode that he listens to and be like, okay. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> Time to start cracking now. No, don't do that, Riley. I'm just kidding. I love you. That'll be um, my fault. That'll be my fault. I'll say something and yeah. Because <laughs> you know I can't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so anyhow, um... He, he wanted us to drunken Jedi wanted us to do commander Bly and I wasn't, I, I, I knew commander Bly, but I couldn't quite remember which one he was. Do you remember which one he was? Of course. Commander Bly is Ayla Secura's clone. That's, I, I tend to think of it in terms of who the Jedi is paired with. So right. he's the guy leading the clones that kill her at order 66 and revenge of the Sith. He's the guy that shows up. He really only shows up in a couple episodes of the Clone Wars when Ayla Secura is heavily featured. He shows up in a Jedi crash in Defenders of Peace when they're crashed on Meridun and they're having to you know, fight against George Takai's big dude with the defoliator and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually he's one of those cases to me where the new canon is somewhat unfortunate because they just haven't done much in terms of new stories expanding upon the Clone Wars outside of the cartoon, and he didn't really get to show up much in the cartoon. So what little background we really used to have on him that really fleshed him out was all stuff from like Star Wars Republic, which is Legends, or Reversal of Fortune, which is Legends. So he's kind of a hollow character now compared to what he used to be. Yeah, so here's something um, that I'm curious about, because I remember talking about from uh, Battlefront 2. Remember the storyline for that? Remember mm-hmm. when Battlefront had a storyline? I'm sorry. My God, what? The- sorry. Um, <laughs> I was thinking that um, that uh, that your... I, essentially, I thought it was the 501st that you were supposed to be that um, the, the game takes place following them. Was Am I, am I remembering that incorrectly? No, it was the 501st. Okay, but... 
they were talking about killing um, Ayla Secura on Felucia. Do you remember that? I remember she was killed on Felucia and Bly was the one who did it with the film and Reversal of Fortune. I don't recall that being part of Battlefront, but it, I mean, it very well could have. And it's been a very long time since I played Battlefront right. 2. Because I was thinking that like they were talking about how they were like, oh, you know, yeah, we something, something. Uh, we were sort of ashamed or whatever. Um, but talking about how they had essentially killed her. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird because I th- that just seems to sort of uh, conflict with, you know, even the film, because I, I was thinking that pretty much George had said, hey, this is the 501st, you know, the uh, Anakin's um, troop or whatever. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's all some stuff that's kind of happened later. Um I'm not really sure. That's because it's it's been so long, honestly, and uh, it's now with the the split of the the multiple timelines or whatever of, of what is canon and what's legends. It's kind of hard to to remember exactly what was what and find exactly what was what. Um, but uh, yeah, anyhow, so so yeah, you pretty much nailed most of his appearances. Of course, he was on. Uh, now, here, here's the funny thing: if you look at Wikipedia, it says that his first uh, named appearance was on uh, on the Clone Wars cartoon. But he actually received an action figure um, with the name Commander Bly back in 2005. I think it's because they're focusing more on on story appearances, like in what story appearance does he show up that, you know, he finally gets a name. But, you know, it's that that's one thing about wikis. I mean, their standards differ depending on who it is. that's working on the page. We found that earlier when we were looking up information about Shadows of the Empire, and it apparently has multiple release dates, according to Wikipedia. Right. And which actually because I'm looking right here. So now on the uh, the legends timeline they actually have for uh republic 65 show of force they have that as his first mm-hmm. appearance so it, it's yep. it seems like perhaps he was um okay and it does have uh battlefront 2 as a cutscene. so that's i see this is why we need to go back and do some some uh old game focus episodes and then we can go like oh here we go here's here's a thing well i will say that you know kiani mundi isn't with the 501st either at least in Revenge of the Sith, but in Battlefront, they do have members of the 501st who wind up joining the mission to Megiddo, and it winds up expanding on how, you know, they're trying to get this power source that could eventually be used on the Death Star and so forth. So it seems like if, I mean, that seems to suggest, if I'm remembering correctly here, that it was the 501st sort of being with these groups in these individual hotspots that would have made sense for them to encounter Commander Bly. Again, it's been a long time since I played the game, but I, I distinctly remember the whole Kiati Mundi mission and whatnot on my Gito, and he's not with the 501st. So right, there must correct. be a little bit more to it than we're giving it credit for. Right, right. Um, I don't know. So, uh, like I said, it's now, uh, now, see, this is the kind of stuff which I love it, but now I'm like, now I need to really dive back into the, those Republic comics, which were so good, and, oh, yeah. um, and, and the games and stuff. Well, you know. I'd help you by playing Battlefront 2 again, except the Battlefront 2 that I've got is the one on the PSP. And they stripped the storyline completely out of it. Can, it feels a lot like the current Battlefront. <laughs> Sorry. 
Oh, tell me you didn't see that coming miles away. Parsecs away. I was in the middle of doing something, and that's the only reason. I was distracted. (laughs) I was trying to go to Steam. Um, Somebody clean this man's drink off of his shirt. (laughs) But true. So uh, you could pick it up on Steam. Let me just do a quick check here, and I'll tell I you. I don't PC game. I'm not the PC. Oh, if on. anything, I'm the opposite of the PC master race. I'm whatever the PC master race wants to see wiped out in a new holocaust. <laughs> You're the the Jedi purge of the. I am uh, the console peon, or whatever. Just because I like to be able to buy a game and know that it'll freaking play. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Battlefront Two will play for you. Oh, I don't know, because a bunch of old games that I actually had that I made a whole point of putting on external drives and stuff so I could keep them, uh, even with the way that you can set windows to act like old versions of windows to play games, a lot of them don't work anymore. So I would not necessarily say now if I use Steam, sure, because it's a currently offered game, but just grabbing old copies of the games that's part of why I haven't even bothered to try to collect them like I do with the home videos, because at least the home videos, I know if I get a freaking Laserdisc player, I can play the Laserdiscs. <laughs> right. Well, I could go buy X-Wing and TIE Fighter just to look at the boxes. <laughs> true. Well, if, if you want to pick up Battlefront on Steam, it's not on sale. It's $10. But if you buy anything on Steam, not on sale, you're a sucker. Um, that'll go down to like $2.50 here before too long. So now uh, with Commander Bly, because we always mention a few uh, places that you can actually pick up their stuff. Now, he did have a few action figures. In fact, he even had one as recent as the Saga Legends, uh, which was the really crummy five points of articulation one that came out right before the force awakens. Um, but at least they were still making that figure up to that point. Of course, his first one was, uh, the one that like I said, I'd mentioned where we'd saw the, uh, uh, it, it prior or, or at least him getting his name, um, for the, uh, revenge of the Sith action figure back in 2005, which is the battle gear version. And then of course there was a, a really cool clone wars version as well that came out back in 2009. And then, um, for the 30th anniversary, they did a lot of things like this, which were really cool. Um, this was the betrayal at Felucia, which came with, um, came with a Leia Secura, Commander Bly, and then three other um, from that squadron. I, I'm, I'm really, I'd already forgotten which uh, squadron he was a part of. Uh, but anyhow, so so it was uh, three other members from from their uh, their squadron, and um, it's kind of cool because they're actually on Felucia, and and there was, you know. It, there were several different ones uh, from that that they did if you were interested in collecting all of those battle packs. But Sideshow Collectibles put out one or a version of him that was really cool looking. And uh, Gentle Giant also did a really cool bust of him as well. So um, there, there was a few things that, that were out, but that's that's mostly it for anything notable. But that's, you got a Lego figure. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, I mean, I guess if that's if you collect the Legos and things like that, um, or Lego, um, so yeah, it's an. It's I funny. Like I said, it's just like little things, you know, um, that that you can sort of find of him. I think uh, Kota Bokia made uh, some statues and stuff like that. So there, there's a couple of different things, but nothing that I would really say as being. Uh, particularly notable to me the the biggest notable thing was that that battle pack the betrayal at felucia 
And that's something I kind of wish is as many Clone Wars figures as we got, as many Clone Wars uh, just items in general of Star Wars merchandise that we've gotten. It would be nice to see some of these known but lesser represented clones getting some more figures. I mean, if you're going to be putting out, you know, the hundredth generic clone figure variant, give us a Bly, you know, give us a Gree, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's been a few, like I said, uh, Bly's gotten about three or four different versions. So, you know, it's, it's not been terrible. It's not like say Rex or, um, Rex. Um, but <laughs> you know, that's, it's, they've gotten a decent amount and, and, and there's some from each one that, that's gotten a, a few different figures. So like I said, I would like to actually do at least on some podcasts. I don't know if I'd do it here, but I'd love to go over the different clones, uh, some of the clones, commanders the squadrons that they're in and then actually like because each one had its own different colors and paint jobs and stuff so Mm -hmm. to me that stuff is really fascinating and and that's one thing about i think uh, revenge of the sith or the the clone wars that uh was able to to sort of gravitate toward a lot more than like say the original trilogy because if you you know we only had one named stormtrooper uh in in all of the original trilogy really i mean of course there was some there was a few guys here and there in, in the legend stuff but it it's a lot harder to notate who is who because they all wore white armor this is true I mean, this I'm, is true i wonder i'm wondering if they kept him out of the clone wars not just because of ala secure cuz ala secure showed up later i mean it's not like she disappeared but i'm wondering if they kept commander bly the hell away from Ahsoka Tano, if only so that she didn't go, so, Bly guy. <laughs> Bly guy. That's not even clever. You just took Anakin's name and just flipped it around. I'm insulted. Her nickname wasn't clever. And, of course, neither was his. Snips, because you're being snippy. Thank God he didn't immediately think that she was being bitchy. <laughs> <laughs> what would her nickname be then? Uh, Hi, Riley. (laughs) (laughs) And that's been it for our final episode of Cloud City Casino ever. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's pretty much it for Commander Bly. So sorry, um, Drunken Jedi. Hopefully that made up for it. And we didn't trample all over it with going off topic. (laughs) Anything else? So that'll do it for this edition of Cloud City Casino. We appreciate you um, hopefully making it to the end of this. Putting up with us. I like this guy. And if you want to uh, call in and blame Nathan, well, not call in, <laughs> but if you want to write in and blame Nathan, you can uh, do so at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com or always tweet us at cloudcitycasino. You can find us over on our Facebook page, which is just Cloud City Casino. And then, of course, uh, we can always be found at starwarsreport.com, which you know is our home over at the Star Wars Report. Uh, also, we have our own personal Twitter accounts. So you can find me at Morris Isley and Nate where they find you, boy. On Twitter at SWFanWorks, but I'll tell you that's mainly just reposts of stuff that I put on Facebook on the Star Wars Timeline Gold's Facebook page. Uh, you can find that at Facebook.com slash SWTimelineGold, Star Wars Beyond the Films at Facebook.com slash SWBeyondFilms, or of course at StarWarsReport.com as well. My YouTube channel that I'm not, I don't know that I actually gave 
the name of it earlier. I did good this time. Is <laughs> uh, a youtube.com slash user slash chrono radio. Most recently did a vlog dealing with uh, Chuck Windig's response to the Continue Legends folks, sort of a response to the response, and some important points that I think some folks in the community probably need to hear. And may I say, if you're going to write into the show and blame me for this episode, <laughs> I should point out who was it who named the Trandoshan ship squad that? Thank you. I don't know. That's I'm, I'm sure that was lost in editing. No. Uh, no. no. <laughs> that needs to be somewhere at least in bloopers or something because that's the that's comedy. That's a first. It's just it's gonna make people hate you. But sometimes to be funny, you gotta be hated. I, that's I, true. It, I'm just saying. I mean, you know. I thought I thought me joking about the Catholic Church and the priest scandal <laughs> was the height of how offensive a Star Wars joke could get. I was wrong. That's okay. But hey, you know what, everyone? Leave us a positive five-star review and uh, write in and tell us how awesome we are over at iTunes, where you can find us. You can also find us on TuneIn and on Stitcher. Uh, so thanks for uh, thanks for getting this far, scoundrels. You're the best, and uh, we appreciate it. And never forget... Let the Wookiee win. And I'm going to go back to hiding from that one. <laughs> Wow. I somehow don't think that Padme would have been okay with him running around calling a, a teenager that. Yeah, probably not. Then again, she was okay with him, you know, murdering him killing entire- all the Tuskens. <laughs> it's okay. It's just human. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Is Hitler in your family? Right. Hold on a second. Ah, there we go. Dang it. What are you doing? Playing with GoBots? Oh, man, I wish. That'd be the best. It sounds like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm transforming this one into a motorcycle. I turned on my video for some reason. (laughs) I'm like, like, hey, "Ah, it's National Superhero Day, damn it. (laughs) My bad. Where did I turn that off? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're like... Is he about to get naked or something? (laughs) No. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. Did somebody pay for the cam show? Um, (laughs) 
this party's over.